This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. The digital age commodifies our attention often without us realizing it. How can we open our eyes to the resulting dangers and the damage that can happen to our souls? Keep listening to find out more about Jay Kim's Analog Christian, a follow-up to his previous book, Analog Church. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings chapter 6 through chapter 8, verse 15. Chapter 6. Elisha makes an axe head float. Some of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too cramped for us. Let's go to the Jordan. Each of us will get a log from there and we will build a meeting place for ourselves there. He said, Go. One of them said, Please come along with your servants. He replied, All right, I'll come. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they started cutting down trees. As one of them was felling a tree, the axe head dropped into the water. He shouted, Oh no, my master, it was borrowed. The prophet asked, Where did it drop in? When he showed him the spot, Elisha cut off a branch threw it in at that spot, and made the axe head float. He said, lift it out. So he reached out his hand and grabbed it. Elisha defeats an army. Now the king of Syria was at war with Israel. He consulted his advisors, who said, invade at such and such a place. But the prophet sent this message to the king of Israel. Make sure you don't pass through this place, because Syria is invading there. So the king of Israel sent a message to the place the prophet had pointed out, warning it to be on its guard. This happened on several occasions. This made the king of Syria upset. So he summoned his advisors and said to them, One of us must be helping the king of Israel. One of his advisors said, No, my master, O king, the prophet Elisha who lives in Israel keeps telling the king of Israel the things you say in your bedroom. The king ordered, Go find out where he is so I can send some men to capture him. The king was told he is in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots there, along with a good-sized army. They arrived during the night and surrounded the city. The prophet's attendant got up early in the morning. When he went outside, there was an army surrounding the city, along with horses and chariots. He said to Elisha, Oh no, my master, 
what will we do? He replied, don't be afraid, for our side outnumbers them. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he can see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw that the hill was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the army approached, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. The Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha requested. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the right road or city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. He led them to Samaria. When they had entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open their eyes so they can see. The Lord opened their eyes, and they saw that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Should I strike them down, my master? He replied, Do not strike them down. You did not capture them with your sword or bow. So what gives you the right to strike them down? Give them food and water so they can eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he threw a big banquet for them and they ate and drank. Then he sent them back to their master. After that, no Syrian raiding parties again invaded the land of Israel. The Lord saved Samaria. Later, King Ben-Hadad of Syria assembled his entire army and attacked and besieged Samaria. Samaria's food supply ran out. They laid siege to it so long that a donkey's head was selling for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of cob of dove's droppings for five shekels of silver. While the king of Israel was passing by on the city wall, a woman shouted to him, Help us, my master, O king. He replied, No, let the Lord help you. How can I help you? The threshing floor and wine press are empty. Then the king asked her, What's your problem? She answered, This woman said to me, Hand over your son. We'll eat him today, and then eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. Then I said to her the next day, Hand over your son, and we'll eat him. But she hid her son. When the king heard what the woman said, he tore his clothes. As he was passing by on the wall, the people could see he was wearing sackcloth under his clothes. Then he said, May God judge me severely if Elisha, son of Japhat, still has his head by the end of the day. Now Elisha was sitting in his house with the community leaders. The king sent a messenger on ahead. But before he arrived, Elisha said to the leaders, Do you realize this assassin intends to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger arrives, shut the door and lean against it. His master will certainly be right behind him. He was still talking to them when the messenger approached and said, Look, the Lord is responsible for this disaster. Why should I continue to wait for the Lord to help? Chapter 7 Elisha replied, Listen to the Lord's message. This is what the Lord has said. At this time tomorrow, a seeth of finely milled flour will sell for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. An officer, who was the king's right-hand man, responded to the prophet. Look, even if the Lord made it rain by opening holes in the sky, could this happen so soon? Elisha said, Look, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of the food. Now four men with a skin disease were sitting at the entrance of the city gate. They said to one another, Why are we just sitting here waiting to die? If we go into the city, we will die of starvation, and if we stay here, we'll die. So come on, let's defect to the Syrian camp. If they spare us, we'll live. If they kill us, well, we're going to die anyway. So they started towards the Syrian camp at dusk. When they reached the edge of the Syrian camp, there was no one there. The Lord had caused the Syrian camp to hear the sound of chariots 
and horses and a large army. Then they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has paid the kings of the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us. So they got up and fled at dusk, leaving behind their tents, horses, and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. When the men with the skin disease reached the edge of the camp, they entered a tent and had a meal. They also took some silver, gold, and clothes and went and hid it all. Then they went back and entered another tent. They looted it and went and hid what they had taken. Then they said to one another, It's not right what we're doing. This is a day to celebrate, but we haven't told anyone. If we wait until dawn, we'll be punished. So come on, let's go and inform the royal palace. So they went and called out to the gatekeepers of the city. They told them, We entered the Syrian camp, and there was no one there. We didn't even hear a man's voice. So the horses and donkeys are still tied up, and the tents remain open. The gatekeepers relayed the news to the royal palace. The king got up in the night and said to his advisors, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know we are starving. So they left the camp and hid in the field, thinking, When they come out of the city, we will capture them alive and enter the city. One of his advisors replied, Pick some men and have them take five of the horses that are left in the city. Even if they are killed, their fate will be no different than that of all the Israelite people. We're all going to die. Let's send them out so we can know for sure what's going on. So they picked two horsemen, and the king sent them out to track the Syrian army. He ordered them, go and find out what's going on. So they tracked them as far as the Jordan. The road was filled with clothes and equipment that the Syrians had discarded in their haste. The scouts went back and told the king. Then the people went out and looted the Syrian camp. A seah of finely milled flour sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel just as in the Lord's message. Now the king had placed the officer, who was his right-hand man at the city gate. When the people rushed out, they trampled him to death in the gate. This fulfilled the prophet's word, which he had spoken when the king tried to arrest him. The prophet had told the king, two seahs of barley will sell for a shekel, and a seah of finely milled flour for a shekel. This will happen about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria. But the officers had replied to the prophet, Look, Even if the Lord made it rain by opening holes in the sky, could this happen so soon? Elisha had said, Look, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of the food. This is exactly what happened to him. The people trampled him to death in the city gate. Chapter 8 Elisha again helps the Shumanite woman. Now Elisha advised the woman whose son he had brought back to life. You and your family should go and live somewhere else for a while, for the Lord has decreed that a famine will overtake the land for seven years. So the woman did as the prophet said. She and her family went and lived in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and went to ask the king to give her back her house and field. Now the king was talking to Gehazi, the prophet's servant, and said, Tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. While Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had brought the dead back to life, the woman whose son he had brought back to life came to ask the king for her house and field. Gehazi said, My master, O king, this is the very woman, and this is her son whom Elisha brought back to life. The king asked the woman about it, and she gave him the details. The king assigned a eunuch to take care of her request and ordered him, Give her back everything she owns, as well as the amount of crops her field produced from the day she left the land until now. Elisha meets Haziel. 
Elisha traveled to Damascus while King Ben-Hadad of Syria was sick. The king was told, The prophet has come here. So the king told Hazael, Take a gift and go visit the prophet. Request from him an oracle from the Lord. Ask him, Will I recover from this sickness? So Hazael went to visit Elisha. He took along a gift, as well as forty camel loads of all the fine things of Damascus. When he arrived, he stood before him and said, Your son, King Ben-Hadad of Syria, has sent me to you with this question. Will I recover from my sickness? Elisha said to him, Go and tell him, You will surely recover. But the Lord has revealed to me that he will surely die. Elisha just stared at him until Hazael became uncomfortable. Then the prophet started crying. Hazael asked, Why are you crying, my master? He replied, Because I know the trouble you will cause the Israelites. You will set fire to their fortresses, kill their young men with the sword, smash their children to bits, and rip open their pregnant women. Hazael said, How could your servant, who is as insignificant as a dog, accomplish this great military victory? Elisha answered, The Lord has revealed to me that you will be the king of Syria. He left Elisha and went to his master. Ben-Hadad asked him, What did Elisha tell you? Hazael replied, He told me you would surely recover. The next day, Hazael took a piece of cloth, dipped it in water, and spread it over Ben-Hadad's face until he died. Then Hazael replaced him as king. New Testament reading, John chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. The prediction of Peter's denial. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him right away. Children, I am still with you for a little while. You will look for me, and just as I said to the Jewish religious leaders, Where I am going, you cannot come. Now I tell you the same. I give you a new commandment, to love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? I tell you the solemn truth. The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Mark chapter 14, verses 27 through 31. The prediction of Peter's denial. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if they all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth. Today, this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all of them said the same thing. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, O Lord, for the ways in which 
you show your steadfast character to deliver, O God, a stiff-necked and stubborn people, a people who often think more highly of themselves than they should, O God. We're reminded, O Lord, that you, O God, you are faithful to us when we clearly are not faithful to you. Help us to speak slowly and humbly, O God, for you are the one that is faithful. And when our faithfulness falters, O God, you keep us. You keep us despite us, O God, because of your deep and abiding love for us. O God, help us to not make quick oaths to you and to others, but let us speak with humility and thoughtfulness and with meekness, O God. Lord, even today, as we think about all that you have done for bringing us from being dead in sins and trespasses into new life and life abundantly and eternally. It is easy for us to say and to think and to believe all that we will do for your sake. But, oh God, there are besetting sins and pet sins and idols that we won't let go of, oh God. Things that we justify, things that we ignore your word about and we ignore your gentle rebuke about, oh God. Let us not be haughty, but yet instead let us walk in humility, O God. We, like Peter and the other disciples who joined in, we seek to say in sincerity, O God, that we will always follow you, that that we will follow you faithfully and truly and obediently. But yet we know that this is not true of us from day to day and moment to moment. We do more than fall short, O God. So we thank you for your kindness and your grace towards us. We thank you, O Lord, that we can tell the truth about ourselves, that we are not all that you deserve, O God, that we do not follow you in perfect obedience, O Lord, that we do not love our neighbors as ourselves. And, O God, we pray for more of your spirit that you might sanctify us, that we might become more like Jesus day to day. And we thank you that ultimately that is where we are headed, by your grace, by your mercy, and by your design, O God. Make it so that what we say, that what we pledge to you, what we long to be as your children, as your servants, as your followers, O God. Let us speak truly. Let our words and our biggest hopes and aims line up with our actual lives and actions, O God. And in order to do that, we need a transformation from the inside out. We we need to walk in love and not in fear. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, O God. And we thank you that you have poured it out. Jesus, you have not left us to our own devices and in our own strength, you have given to us the Holy Spirit at work, willing us and making us to love what you love and to be as you want us to be. And so we thank you that this work that you started in us, a good work that you started in us, you will bring it to pass. And we ask now for your forgiveness when we have spoken amiss and we have claimed a type of righteousness that we would have in our own on our own account or mustered up in our own strength. But we thank you, O God, that you have imputed a perfect righteousness to us so that we can walk in humility and that we can point to you, giving you all glory and praise and honor for your obedience, Lord Jesus, even obedience unto death on our behalf. It is in your name that we pray and give you thanks for your finished work. Amen and amen. 
In Analog Christian, author Jay Kim explores how followers of Jesus should respond to the digital age, which inclines us toward discontentment, fragility, and foolishness. He also discusses the theological basis for living in creative resistance to the forces of our day and how Christians can cultivate the contentment, resilience, and wisdom to not only survive, but to thrive in this age. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code T-H-E. W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go slow today.